1: that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on in the hopes that you two would like to be Average, average girls, average and only, average and only, yeah. Haley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Maddie, how are you doing? Doing good, happy to be here. (laughs) Just happy to be here. (laughs) I have the question. I don't like when you know them and I don't. Does plain water have a taste. Uh, yes. Why? What do you mean, why? You why mean? is your name Maddie? I don't know. What? Why is the water? <laughs> no, I just think like you're a okay, true yeah. water drinker. If you think it has a taste, like you can I taste the difference. Strictly on. Only- oh yes, one thousand percent. Okay, that's there's the a difference in a taste in waters.
0: Because like if I'm gonna drink, okay, this is I only realized this once I got to Florida, but there's like Zephyr Hills water, which is trash so compared to like a Fiji water or something. Is the water in Washington different from the tap water in oh, Florida. Oh
1: my A gosh. A million
0: times different, right? I
1: would drink straight out of the tap.
0: Oh, I drink straight out of the tap in Pittsburgh all yeah, the time. And even though that's probably not
1: good either because Pittsburgh is not awesome water. But- Washington does. It's delicious. Yeah. Honestly. And water here is high in sulfur. That alone damages my hair
0: oh 1,000, percent it's so bad yeah but there is a different taste in water but i i
1: add a little lemon to my water every now and then a little sprig of mint <laughs> sprig yeah i like of to go a little fancy a little little something something spice up my day i'm with you i just wouldn't have labeled it sprig of mint but i don't like here's here's another pet peeve that i have in people
0: is whenever they're like, oh, I hate the taste of water. Yeah, like, no, you Like, you don't. what? You hate Shut survival, up. Cheryl? Shut up. You don't like what gives you what life? What are you going to drink?
1: Propel? Oh,
0: no. <laughs> I'm going to have to have vitamin water for the rest of my life. Screw off,
1: Cheryl. Oh, yeah. It doesn't taste like anything, but you can definitely taste the difference between waters. I don't get how you don't like it. Yeah, I mean, well, everyone has to. What do you mean? I don't know. It's essential. Don't stick up for Cheryl. No, I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm sticking up for water. Water, we're here for you if you ever need to talk. What? All right. There that you have insane. it. Water has a taste. Plain water. water. You have a taste and you have a fan club in me and Matt. <laughs> Apparently. All right. On with the show. Okay. Haley, what are we talking about today? Okay.
0: Are we surprised that it's another true crime case? No. When will they
1: stop?
0: They never will. Okay. There's a reason that I chose this one though. I'm scared already. No, no, no. This one's not scary. This one is more about the trial than it is about the murder. Okay. Yes. So it's more. I like the trial part. I'm very heated about this part. So here's the thing about this one is that I, for some reason, my parents did not filter what I watched as a child. They should have. They did not.
1: My mom tried to, but I knew the parental passcode. Heck yeah. And so when she was a flight attendant, it was gone a lot. I watched MTV. Heck, yeah. Did you watch um I didn't watch Crime. Next, Yes.
0: Did you watch um, uh, uh, Date My Mom?
1: Yes. Did you watch Parental Control? Absolutely. Yes. Oh,
0: God. Brilliant TV. When are they going to bring it back? Basically, my parents never monitored what I watched. I remember watching the coverage of this as it was happening. And it was my first... First entry to the world of true crime by accident. Oh, my gosh. And so, uh, granted, not all of this happened in 2002, so some of it I was probably watching, like, after that. But I remember watching it on TV and asking my mom about it and having so many questions and her, like, not wanting to answer all of them because they were way too deep. I talk about this, and people – it surprises me all the time that people don't know what I'm talking about that are our age, that, like, I just assumed that everyone grew up on this information, and apparently they didn't. So, um – I got all of the information that I'm talking about tonight from The Murder of Lacey Peterson, the AE documentary that's on Hulu. Have you ever heard of Lacey Peterson?
1: Yes, but I think from you. I was just going to say from <laughs> yeah. anybody
0: but me. No. Okay. So I'm going to show you a picture then because
1: um, also every time you say Lacey Peterson, I keep thinking of Coyote Peterson from YouTube. Coyote, Pe- that's Coyote Peterson. <laughs> Corey will know what I'm saying. Coyote Peterson. Oh, she's so cute. Okay, so this is. <gasps> Scott oh my gosh, she's Peterson. so pretty.
0: Yes. Um. And so basically, what I remembered about the case from being a kid was not at all the story that was that is portrayed in like a bunch of different documentaries and stuff on this. This isn't the only one I've watched, but this is the one that I have and so... On and so I'm gonna try to remain as unbiased as possible. Do you want me to wait until the end to tell you what I think? Yeah. Okay.
1: I want to try and okay
0: I piece will it together. Okay, I will try to be unbiased. I'm not positive how much I can do that. I'm okay. gonna try. Okay. This all starts in Modesto, California. It's like a little rural, less populated area of mm-hmm. California. It's December twenty fourth, two thousand two. It's Christmas Eve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Scott and Lacy Peterson have been married. I. Want to say six years, but I don't have it on there. Five or six years, something like that. They're a young couple. Um, They get up that morning. Lacey gets up before Scott. Um, He gets up around 8 a.m. She gets up a little bit before him. They decide to watch an episode of Martha Stewart. It's her favorite show. What?
1: Early riser. Early riser.
0: Yes. Um, They watch an episode of Martha Stewart that morning. It's her favorite show. She's mopping the kitchen floor. She gets halfway done. She decides that she's going to go take their dog for a walk. Neighbors see Scott between 9 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. putting umbrellas in the back of his truck. And he waves hello to them. They have, like, a brief little exchange. That's it. Mm-hmm. Anywhere from 9 o'clock to 9.30. He heads to his warehouse. It's three miles away from his house. So from 10.30 to 10.56 a.m., it shows that he's on his computer at his warehouse looking at some tools online for him to purchase. Um, he checks his email. You can see that he's on the computer at that time. So that time is accounted for. Sure. He has a little aluminum boat, and so he hooks his little boat up to his truck, and for the next hour and a half, he fishes at Berkeley Marina, which is just, like, down from... At the same time, if you're going back to the Peterson house, at 10.18 a.m., a neighbor observes Mackenzie, their dog, with her collar and her leash on, but no lacy. So a neighbor knows what dog it is, puts the dog in the back gate, and assumes that she just probably got out shuts the gate, leaves, doesn't assume anything suspicious. Modesto is, like – I already don't like this. Your picturesque – That's not the word. <laughs> picturesque town, like, one of those things where it's, like, no one locks their doors. It's just one of those towns where all of these
1: bad things always happen. I don't believe in those towns. Oh,
0: I grew up in one of those towns.
1: Really? Well, like,
0: in the little suburb I was in, I don't think I, I – I left my keys in my car. What? Oh, yeah. I was, I was bad about it, though. But then – but we would could, You would go to five minutes, ten minutes downtown, and it was like, not you couldn't do that. It was very bizarre. Anyways, okay. Not not about me, Haley, calm down. Okay, so it's 12.54pm. Okay, so that was at 10.18am. Okay. 12.54pm. 12.54pm, uh, Scott has a receipt where he parks at the marina. Um, he's there until approximately 2 o'clock. He leaves a voicemail for Lacey around that time, and you can hear the voicemail on the documentary. It seems like sweet. People would argue that it's probably overly sweet. Hey, beautiful. I'm coming back from the marina. I was hoping you could pick up this present for dad. Um, if you got this message, I'm going to be home in a few minutes. Um, okay. I'll see you then. Love you. Bye. So at four 30, he parks his boat back at the warehouse and he goes straight home. Um, whenever he gets back to his house, Lacey isn't there, but he realizes that the dog Mackenzie is in the back with her collar and leash on, which he thinks is a little weird, but he's like, okay, maybe something happened he assumed that she's at her mom's so he takes a shower he gets some food and as soon once he gets out he calls his mother-in-law who he's close with and it's 5:17 p.m. at this point hasn't seen Lacey since this morning and he calls and their mom i wanna say her name is Sharon she says she's not there the car's here she's not here the dog is here this doesn't make any sense. And so at 5.47 p.m., Lacey's stepdad is the one that calls 911 and reports that they haven't seen her all day and they don't know where she is and they can't get a hold of her. Jeez. So the detective that shows up on the scene, his name is Al Burkini. He's the lead detective and he's known for being Which like what? a real hard ass. Al <laughs> Did I say it weird? <laughs> no. What are you laughing for? Al Burkini? Al Brokini. <laughs> Did you hear it as one word? Yeah. Alberghini. His, his street name is Albrichini. Albrichini, Al Alberghini. A L. You bring your bikini, Broke. and I have. <laughs> it's
1: just
0: stupid. You can tell it's like one a.m. right now. It's so it's stupid. getting like giggly. Okay.
1: And earlier I was like, "How are you guys doing today?" It's like <laughs> literally At one a.m. I'm just
0: trying to. Okay.
1: Okay. 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 Illusion. Focus.
0: Focus. So Alberkini gets on the scene. He realizes that there's no forced entry, and so he decides that night to do a one hour interview with Scott Peterson from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. Basically, Alberkini says that that night. So now I keep thinking about <laughs> Alberkini. <laughs> Alberkini, so I'm never going to say his name again. He um, said that immediately. Scott did not seem interested in what they were doing. Was his perception of what happened. So the detective asks him to take a polygraph, and you can see the footage from that night. He immediately agrees, and he's like, yep, no problem. He doesn't have any hesitation. Later that night, he, after he gets home, he talks to his dad about it, and he basically, he talks to enough people that basically tell him that he shouldn't take the polygraph test, which, quite honestly. Um, That's weird. I wouldn't take a polygraph. Why? If I were, if someone was just like, hey, Maddie went missing, we want you to take a polygraph, I don't know if I would take it. Because the, the dad makes a good point in the documentary, and it's, like, something that they talk about, too, on, you know, the Million and Five True Crime podcast that I listen to. That when you're under pressure. if Yeah. A, I'm a nervous human being. And so, honestly, I think they would probably be like, no, you shouldn't even take one because they'd be like, you're just an anxious little Because they measure being. heart rate, and yeah, your heart rate would out. be spiked. Right. So there's that. But it's also the fact of if you do pass a polygraph – No one, you're probably, no one's going to talk about it. And if you fail, you're immediately incriminated.
1: Yeah, that's true. And it is a good, and like,
0: this is completely unknown territory for this whole family. They've never been a part of anything like this. So it's like, why, like, we don't even know what and just what and what it means in the actual legal system. (laughs) They're saying that, like, okay, if you wouldn't do anything to help your wife, then why aren't you taking it? And he's thinking, devil's advocate, I know that I have nothing to do with it, so that doesn't have any impact on you finding my wife. I get it helps you roll me out,
1: but I know I didn't do it. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Um, but the police are obviously immediately suspicious of anyone who does, refuses to take a polygraph.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um,
0: so around the same time, as soon as Lacey is reported missing, so many people say that they come forward saying that they saw Lacey walking her dog. Main reason for this being Lacey is eight months pregnant. <gasps>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Obviously. With Scott's baby, in case that needed to be said. But um, it turns out that the police aren't necessarily following those leads whenever it comes to all of these people seeing Lacey. Two days later, after Lacey is uh, reported missing, the police get a search warrant on the second day to look around his house. Scott had let them in voluntarily the day of, whenever she was reported missing, but they had given him a paper to sign that would basically give them permission to look in the house. And uh, it was super late by the time they got there. They came to look around. He said that he was nervous about what his signature meant on the paper. He didn't understand what the document was saying and that he wanted to wait and um, wait for the attorneys. The attorneys apparently took too long to tell him what the paper meant. And so they just got a search warrant in that amount of time. So in the search warrant, uh-huh. they end up taking two of their their two cars and two of their computers to search through all of them. Um, and they don't find anything in in the cars or the computers. So basically, this is, like, some one of the first cases where there's, like, a huge, huge media presence where, like, it was on 24-7 news all the time, just, like, constantly, which is why I remember seeing it as a kid. Oh, that was yeah. the first thing that got me into this because it was on literally all the time. And so everybody's first critique of Scott Peterson is that he does not look like your typical grieving husband. He's seen as aloof and cold and, like, he doesn't care and he just wants this to be over. He looks annoyed. And so everybody immediately is, like... Eh, you're the worst person in the world. And he's yeah. like an attractive white guy, and everyone's like, you did something. There's something with mm. This whole thing feels fishy. But Lacey's mother and her and her brother are the ones doing all the media coverage, and they're standing by Scott and saying that he didn't have anything to do with it. So people are like kind of wary of that. Okay. So on December 24th, a neighbor said that she saw people on the lawn in front of the Peterson house in a big white van, an unmarked van. Oh, she says that she remembers this because they all turned around and looked at her in front of the van while she was coming up like they had been caught doing something, and then they find out that a home was burglarized across the street from the Petersons at the exact same time of Lacey's disappearance Oh uh so the witness re- like realizes all this happened on the same day, and some one of the other neighbors is like, "You need to tell the police about this right now and she walked outside where there were all of this there's all this media all this all these police officers, and she comes out and she tells them. He writes it down. So they investigate that two men are arrested for the burglary that they say happens on the twenty sixth, but she remembers it was on the twenty fourth. Oh. Um, everybody's saying it wasn't on the same day, and but they're saying that it wasn't a sep- that it was a completely separate incident, it has nothing to do with the same thing. And everybody's saying there's no crime in this town. There's no way that that's possible. Basically, and okay, so then they also have a reporter that's there who was saying. No, I could promise you it wasn't on the 26th because I was out there on the 26th at the exact same time they're saying the murder happened and it was a ghost town. No one was out there.
1: So I don't know why so they're, they're saying So they're either it saying the two major things happened on the same day mm-hmm. or two major things happened within two days of each other. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They were like, it's
0: a weird coincidence if that's true, but the two people that said they burglarized the homestead, it happened probably on the 26th, even though they didn't remember the exact date. Hmm. So convenient. Now, this is where I think I lose you. A flip in the case comes in the form of Amber Fry. Amber Fry. I already don't like this girl. Amber Fry is a skinny, blonde, pretty young woman. And she comes in with breaking news a few weeks into the Peterson case. Um, Amber Fry reveals that over the past few months, she's she's been dating a single man whose name is Scott Peterson. Hmm. to her knowledge he was a young widowed man who she met through a friend he came as a date to her christmas party that year they had gone on a few dates and she they'd mostly just been talking on the phone they weren't madly in love she didn't she doesn't talk about their sexual relationship or anything like that so it was portrayed very differently in the media but they went out on a couple days they were having an affair she didn't know this, obviously. She had no idea about Lacey, but he told her that he'd be traveling um, to Europe. And so Amber was just talking to him on the phone, and he was telling her about all these grand excursions that he's going on. Amber, at the time of Lacey's appearance, isn't watching the news. She isn't reading anything until a few days after Christmas. Amber happens to see a newspaper article, and she recognizes that her – Scott Peterson her boyfriend is the one is. who's yeah, her boyfriend is in the newspaper. Uh, Amber immediately contacts the police and starts working with them to record Scott's fo- Scott's phone calls secretly. So she's kind of like oh. a boss ass, yeah. Uh, so we don't like her, but we do. We do like her because she didn't know. Oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, like Scott. so we don't like Scott. Um, in this sense, or most senses, he's. Telling her that he's in Europe this entire time and she's on to him. So she knows the truth, but she's just playing along with, like, how's Paris? And he's like, oh, my gosh, it's so
1: great. And it's very and weird. And he's, like, at the house that his wife is missing from. Mm-hmm. And he's just not telling her.
0: Ew. It's it's very gross. Of his dead wife who died years ago. Wink, wink. Ew. Right. After this comes out, Lacey's family comes out with a statement that they are now suspicious of Scott. As soon as it comes out, they're like, yep, you're a scumbag. Um, mm-hmm. Amber goes on the record and says, I had no idea. Does this press conference. I had no idea about any of this. I had no idea about Lacey. It doesn't say anything about Scott's innocence, but it's basically saying, I was the other woman. So that immediately puts motive in the picture. So Scott basically, so Scott calls Amber that night, too. And they have recordings of all of this. And it's all in the documentary. Oh. and so, Yeah. It's very, like, it grosses you out because you're like, ew. Who it's, is this guy? Yeah. And so, but we'll get to that, too um so whenever he also calls her he's also not mad at her for recording the phone calls not mad at her for doing the press release he tells her that he's proud of her and he's sorry for the way that this is this has hurt her and it makes him sick to his stomach that he hurt her like this and that this whole thing is going on but she asks him point blank not he still doesn't know he's being recorded asks him like how could you do all of this How did you look me in the eyes and lie to me like this? Did you do this? How does, you know, why haven't you been looking for your wife? You've been talking to me on the phone. And he's saying, like, I would never do anything like this. I want to find my wife. And his whole thing is I didn't tell anybody about you because I knew it would take away immediately from the investigation and pin it on me. And they wouldn't look for Lacey. and I needed them to look for Lacey. Hmm. Which in a sense makes sense. Sure. If you didn't kill your wife. Right. But if you did kill your wife. Uh, like if you killed your wife for the sake of getting with your your hot young blonde girlfriend, who's you know it looks not it, it does look bad. So okay, um, so Scott decides after Amber goes out there and airs her piece, Scott decides to get on camera even though his attorneys and the private investigator that he hired were like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. He wasn't prepped. He signs up for several local interviews and then two national interviews. Wow. Um, with Diane Sawyer and everything. So it's like a big old deal. He never gets caught in any other lie, except he does say that he told the police that night about Amber Fry on the 24th, but they have the whole video of it and he never said anything about Amber Fry. So as far as the investigation goes, he was never directly caught in any lie versus oh. other than that one. Um, but it does establish his motive and it makes him look like a sleazeball because yeah. he is a sleazeball. But, back shirking. Right. There is zero physical evidence. They look through the cars. They look through the computers. They look through his entire warehouse where he was that day. They look through the house. They look through everything. There's zero physical evidence that ties him to anything. But they're saying it could be manual strangulation. You wouldn't see any of that anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, There is information that the house smelled like bleach and that he had washed his clothes that day very conveniently. This turned out not to be true. The media leaked a lot of false information in this case in general. Oh. There was one piece of Lacey's hair. That they did find in the warehouse, but it was on a rusted shut pair of pliers that didn't work. So, and people were like, he worked there. She had been there before. Chances of her having like a stray hair roaming around are pretty high. So they didn't have any evidence that other than that, that she had been in in that area they have searched the berkeley marina over and over and over again trying to find Lacey's body and skimmed it and skimmed it and skimmed it and it's all over the national news where he was that day and that they are looking for bodies in the berkeley marina remember mm-hmm. that part okay so they interview people on the documentary who are sure that they saw Lacey. so going back to the police not following those leads about seeing her that day um they go through on this documentary and they show a, like several of the people out of the dozens who said they saw her Um, A couple talks about how they remembered seeing that woman and they described her outfit because they remember saying that she was probably cold because she was wearing a white shirt um, and wasn't wearing a jacket. And they were like, oh, that pregnant woman, she's out there. She's probably so cold. They remember talking about it. Um, They noticed that she was pregnant. The timing was right. And where people saw her, it's a 45-minute walk circle that she usually took on a regular day. And people saw her in the exact timing that it would have made sense of when they saw her. A woman who worked at the nearby hospital was looking over a creek on her smoke break, and she could see the street. And she saw someone matching Lacey's description. Two men were yelling at her and said, shut the F up, because the dog was barking. And so she remembers seeing that whole thing and being like, I can't believe they just a pregnant woman, basically. Witnesses said that no one came to talk to them about anything, that the um, police said that they didn't know anything about it. So there's weird... Like, like discrepancies. Yes. So the witnesses are saying no one came to talk to us about it. And they said that they th- – some people are saying, like, they definitely dropped the ball. And some people are saying, I just assumed that someone who knew more than me said that it wasn't relevant. It didn't matter. So, like, if I reported something to the police and if no one talked to me about it, I would just assume it didn't matter and that it was, like, irrelevant yeah. information. But the police are saying, oh, no, I we didn't even know about any witnesses – I don't know how true it is. You know, d-
1: yeah. did you not know
0: to know and inform you or did you, everybody just think that the witnesses were subjective or they wanted their moment of fame? I have no idea. Weird, right?
1: Yeah. Very weird.
0: So, um, three months after Lacey goes missing, there's a body found in the Berkeley Marina of, uh, Lacey Peterson and Connor Peterson, which would be her eight the month baby. old baby. The bodies are not found together. Wait, which we'll get back to. They're separated. No. Um, mm hmm. We'll get
1: there. Oh, that he,
0: um, around the same time, right after the bodies are found, Peterson is arrested in San Diego, California. Um, at the time he was going golfing with his father and his brother for the father's birthday. He thinks that the media is following him. So he starts driving around trying to lose them before he gets to the court. So he's driving super erratically. There are phone calls of him talking to this brother at the time. He's like, Oh my gosh, the media are following me again. I'll, I i do not know if I should even come today. And the brother's like, I'm so sorry, man. Let us know what you want to do. And he's like, he ends up for an hour just driving around trying to get rid of the media. But it turns out it's actually law enforcement that's waiting for him to park so they can arrest him. They stop him. They take him into custody. And inside of the car, they find camping gear, $15,000 in cash, and his brother's ID.
1: And at the time,
0: Scott Peterson had dyed his hair blonde. Whoa! So immediately it's broadcasted that. He was fleeing to Mexico uh, once the body was found. He had been living in San Diego, um, and that he had all this money. Basically, they're making a thing out of it. Here's what Scott's saying. He had been living in San Diego with family for weeks, because his family lived there, to get away from the media because they were making his life insane. He's saying it wasn't a chase at all. Like it, w- They tried to make it sound like it was this big chase, and he was trying to outrun the police to get to Mexico. And he's like, it wasn't that. I was trying to get away from what I thought was the media. I didn't realize it was unmarked law enforcement he had dyed his hair so that he could be incognito um because he was a f- he there were people harassing him all the time he was saying that he did meet with attorneys and police looking like that so it wasn't like a secret that he had been oh, okay that his hair was blonde or that he was trying to get away with anything like he'd already met with police about it so they knew that he looked like that he um was also at a golf course which uh, nope again. He was at the mm-hmm. golf course which was 30 miles from the Mexican border. It was just the golf course that his family lived at. It was near San Diego, like it just happened to be there. He also brought the ID to get a discount at the golf course. He had the money because um someone in his family had accidentally his mom, I think it was his mom, had accidentally taken money out of their joint checking account because he helped take care of her so they had a joint account. She'd taken too much out and she had to return it in cash in order to avoid a hold on the account. That's the only part that I think is sketchy. Yeah. But the other parts, I think, all make sense. Yeah. It's that part that makes me a little weird enough, but I don't know. So, he's arrested, taken into custody. They decide how they're going to try this case. They decide to make it a death penalty case. Well, Because of the baby? Because of the baby, yes. Because it's technically two people. Um, You can't have – I mean, not that you can't have it, but people don't usually accept death penalty cases if you have zero physical evidence. They have zero physical evidence that this happened. It's all circumstantial. Yeah. So – the person that decides to take Scott Peterson's case, the most hated man in America, is Mark Garrigos. He's a famous defense attorney. He starts off saying this as you basically, you're not going to like this guy. He's a scumbag. He cheated on his pregnant wife. He's not unlike a lot of other men who cheat on their pregnant wives yeah. who are also scumbags, which sucks. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to tell you right now, he's not a murderer, is basically how he plays it. Um, and he goes on TV shows with Nancy Grace, and he says that over and over again. And so he's known as the guy who keeps sticking up for Scott Peterson, even though all of America is like he's the absolute worst. He has a retainer of a million dollars. So the Peterson family, they don't have like a million dollars, just so they end up having to sell everything, trying oh to get my gosh. this guy representation. So Mark Garagos has, like, a whole team of people, though, obviously. So there's an investigative defense attorney who talks throughout this who is – he just seems cool. I just kind of want to hug him. And he was basically saying, I don't know why you would take this case because it's basically a slam-dunk case against Scott. It's basically a guaranteed yeah. a loss. But he researches 30,000 pages of documents that they have on him.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: He spends 100 hours with Scott Peterson just one-on-one in his prison cell trying to figure out how to work his case. He said that they had looked through his entire life history, and there's not a shred of violence in his entire life history. They come all the way back to elementary school. Defense attorneys called him a mama's boy and said that you meet him and he doesn't have a shred of a sociopathic. He He just is like a gentle, giant, very stoic, and not super emotional or chatty, but very like, calm, which they were saying is either freaky in a sense, but it didn't freak them out. It was more like he's very mellow. Yeah, mellow. He's just a mellow kind of guy. I'm trying to think of someone to equate him to, but I can't think of one now. So basically the investigative defense attorney is like, hey, listen, maybe she fell. Maybe something crazy happened and maybe it wasn't your fault. Maybe we could take manslaughter and you'll get out in 10 years instead of getting the death penalty. And he was like, Scott's like, I didn't do it. And I'm like I know I didn't do it and that's that's not the truth either. And I that's not what happened to Lacy. Like is is basically saying he's not even gonna lie and say that. Yeah. Because that's not true. He around this time he gets really depressed, he gets super skinny, he stops eating. The defense attorney in the documentary starts crying, just thinking about um, Scott's reaction to the picture of Connor found in the water because because oh. he, he was like just devastated by the picture. The investigative attorney finds Hundreds of police reports of witnesses that had been missed, that no one looked at, no one followed up on. What? Yes. 100s Mm-hmm. A witness at the marina remembers seeing Scott's boat, and uh, he didn't see anything unusual. The witness says that there is not anyone who could have concealed a large object in the small aluminum boat without anyone noticing. There were people that live around there, and he would have had to pass them in order to get through the marina where he got on. Yeah. And his boat was small. It wasn't like a big, it was like, a, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. one of those little aluminum ones? Yeah. It wasn't a fancy boat. He would have had to get Lacey's body out of the truck in the middle of the day. It was morning. From the boat into the water. Which, granted, it probably wasn't a very busy morning because it's Christmas Eve. But still, he would have had to bring that entire thing down there. And the guy said he didn't see anything in that boat. And he didn't remember Scott's face personally. He didn't talk to him. But he said he would have remembered because it would have been something noted. And he was willing to speak in the trial. Um, the lead defense attorney, Garagos, didn't ask him to testify in the trial. And so they think that that was probably a misstep, that they probably should have had him do that because Mm -hmm. they never presented that to the jury. They also find that there is computer use at the Peterson house that shows online shopping for women's clothing and a sunflower umbrella stand for the garden. And that's at the same time that Scott was at the marina and they knew that Scott was at the marina at that time. So this is basically showing that someone else is looking at women's clothing and a sunflower umbrella in the garden.
1: Wow, she's gone mm-hmm. oh I don't want to go to bed <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is scary. um Lacey was known to love sunflowers she had a sunflower tattoo she had sunflowers all over the house basically they're saying that if Scott left the house that morning and Lacey was alive there's no way he did it hmm. which makes sense mm-hmm. it also creates a much smaller window of getting her body in the truck in the daylight decided quickly all of a sudden he was going to kill her after she managed to Google sunflower things for the garden and then clean up the crime scene.
1: Very small window.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it wouldn't have worked, but they were saying, well, maybe it was a setup that he planned this whole thing, but then they're saying, well, no, that's not possible because Scott didn't even know she was on the computer. That whole thing with the computer was brought up by the prosecution. It wasn't brought up with the defense. The defense just happened to use it and realize the timeline But the prosecution's the one that brought that up and it backfired.
1: Oh. Yeah. So
0: he was like, if I would have known that, I would have brought it up in my defense, but I didn't
1: even know that. Whoa. Yeah. Ew, I don't like this. It's so freaking eerie. I know.
0: So the prosecution, basically their whole thing is Scott kills Lacey the night of the 23rd. His thing is that he wants to be single. He doesn't want to be a father. Lacey's the one that wanted the baby. He doesn't want the baby. He wanted Amber Fry. He takes her body into the boat, dumps it into the marina that morning, comes back, pretends like he has no idea what happened. The defense uses a lot of things for their benefit of that there's no physical evidence at all, mm-hmm. and that there is a thick stack of crime scene results, all that found no incriminating evidence. And the defense attorneys bring that stack to the trial to be like, yeah, here, look how thick this stack is. Slammed on all the of table. All this is the stuff you look through that had nothing. Yeah. Um. Also, another thing that they immediately start off with is that Scott remembers the Martha Stewart segment from that morning, and they go back to his interview from with police that night of the night that she went missing, and he's like, this morning, what do we do? Okay, we went through this. We watched a Martha Stewart segment. They were making lemon meringue, and he starts talking about that, and nobody even, like, checked this out. They're like, it's a lie. He didn't watch Martha Stewart that morning. But they play the clip from Martha Stewart that morning, live, the morning of the 24th. It was the Lemon Meringue episode. So he clearly was up watching that episode with Lacey. And unless he was really going all out of his way to think that through. I wouldn't think that through. I would. You would?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, they added to the pieces of things. See, I wouldn't do that, really.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You would remember that you needed to watch Corey's favorite show.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And know exactly what episode it was? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: If I did it on purpose. I guess. Probably. I'll never kill you, baby. Uh,
0: People believe that Scott used cement anchors to weigh down her body. Uh, There was a marking of concrete on plywood in his warehouse. And he said that he did use a homemade anchor for his boat so that he could fish. He said he only made one. But they found that there was evidence of four more anchors in the warehouse but you look at the photos, and they're like, look, this is evidence of more. It was just a trail of, like, two or three more splot- splotches of cement. And he was like, it's a warehouse. Yeah. He's like, I wasn't, like, really cleaning up after that part yeah. necessarily. And you, they showed the pictures. It doesn't
1: look like anything.
0: There's a spot where you can tell he made the anchor, and then there's the little cement. Yeah, splotches. it's not much of anything. Um, But then they said, well, what did you do with the extra cement? Because the whole bag isn't here. You didn't use all of it in one anchor. And he said that he'd used it on the holes in his driveway because they got muddy. And so they went back um, to the Peterson house. And Nancy Grace makes a whole big thing about this of the whole cement thing and the cement anchors and is screaming about it. Well, a defense attorney takes her back to the Peterson house. And shows her that there are holes filled in the driveway and that there's cement in the garden still where he had filled in muddy patches in the garden. And Nancy Grace just said, like, okay.
1: After she screamed about yep. it. Yep.
0: And then just went. I mean, no one ever cement fixed that. The garden. Yeah, like where there was mud, it would soak up the uh, um okay. Yeah, if it got too damn. Yeah. Okay. So this during the trial, they run into the issue of having a non-biased jury. So this is when they have to start sequestering people and all of that good stuff. There's nine weeks of questioning, so it's a pretty long time. There's 12 jurors and six alternates. They end up having to dismiss uh, jurors that are sequestered. So it's this big whole montage that goes on for far too long. Um, juror number five is dismissed for talking too much about the case. His name is Justin Falconer. He goes out and talks to the media about the trial as soon as he's dismissed, which basically ends up just adding fuel to the fire. There's a lot of animosity happening between all the jurors. They all end up fighting. Another juror ends up being dismissed. The two people that are dismissed were planning on voting not guilty. They end up having to have a separate trial about jurors talking about things at bars because then it comes out because other lawyers found out that they were going to bars. They're not supposed to be talking about the case. And they're going out and talking about the case and saying, I'm going to get Scott Peterson. And so they end up finding out one guy had said that. I'm going to get Scott Peterson at the bar, but the bartender pleaded the fifth. And so they end up not dismissing him from the case, that that juror that said that. Wow. And basically the defense is like, that's messed up because you dismissed one guy who apparently didn't even – that he was just accused of saying too much to the media but nothing specific. But this guy, we have him saying specific things, and you won't dismiss him from Weird. the case. Yeah. So this is – kind of going backwards here, but were the bodies that were found.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So they're found obviously in the marina where Scott was fishing. So immediately that's like red flag. It's in the marina where you were fishing, dude. And so a tidal expert says that Lacey was anchored down and that the tidal waves must have expelled the baby from Lacey's body eventually because she was like tied down. Um uh, Lacey's body that? was found a mile away from Connor's with no head and no feet. Lacey's torso is what came up. They mm-hmm. think that that's because of the anchors is that she was way down from her extremities her and that her,
1: was...
0: yes. So mm-hmm. her, but whenever her torso came up, all of her internal organs were missing, including what? Connor. Connor wasn't in her Which uterus anymore.
1: doesn't make sense.
0: Right. They said it was due to tidal action, but the one of the best forensic pathologists in the country that was talking, they were talking about him in that, in the documentary. He was saying that's not true. Um, fish, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Um, Lacey's body was found really badly decomposed, but Connor's wasn't. It's technically possible that Lacey's body was de- decomposing and then Connor was expelled from her body, and that, then, like, that's why he wasn't as badly decomposed,
1: I guess. Like, it just took longer. Yeah. Well, but it's still how long from december 24th to them finding the bodies it was in april oh Mm -hmm. they didn't find it till april Mm -hmm. and here's the thing
0: though they had already gone through that entire marina right and i mean it's not possible to be completely sure but the other thing it was it was media broadcasted where he was every single day 24 7 all day so if you are Somebody who managed to take a baby. There's no better place to
1: toss her body than exactly where the suspected husband apparently threw her. Do you think that they just didn't do it fast enough and had the bodies, like her dead body somewhere? I don't know. And then dumped it off later, which is why it didn't come up until April? Potentially. Because if they did a good job searching the marina, they would have found I don't know. Maybe, I mean, they might have, they might not have. I, I have no idea. It's just, it's like
0: very hard to say with that information. So um, basically it just adds another discrepancy to the whole piece.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: another rant they threw in was that Connor supposedly might have died on the 29th. Mm-hmm. They went missing on the 24th.
1: Why? Because
0: he was just in her
1: body? And no.
0: Well, they don't know. So they think that it's possible that he might have not been in her body anymore and then he might have been outside of her body at that point oh. i know lots of lots of questions but it's hard to tell how because Lacey he doesn't have any internal
1: organs but how her internal organs are not in her body they don't know where they are and wouldn't he still be connected to her by like the umbilical cord i guess it might
0: have they're saying i guess the title action must have ripped it
1: that thing's strong no, they, gotta, enough. they gotta cut through this. yeah but so are cement men anchors yeah, I guess. I don't know.
0: Connor supposedly dies on the 29th. They have the defense has Dr. March come in who's their expert witness, who's an OBGYN and he examined Connor's body. Um he was fine whenever he did his direct statement, but then they killed him in cross-examination and the prosecution basically just ate him alive and made him
1: it the made OB-GYN. him look like
0: his scope of practice was not this and it probably wasn't and it ended up hurting the defense really badly. It was kind of like the nail in the coffin for them even though it looked like the defense was killing it this entire time because they negated everything. And what, I mean, it's really not hard whenever you have no physical evidence, they can say like all, everything you're saying is circumstantial and it is.
1: Yeah.
0: So backtracking one more time. I promise it'll be the last time. So they show in court, they show the bodies of family members. Um, they, they show the bodies to the family members, sorry. And that no one reported Scott's reaction at all. Whenever they showed Lacey's decomposed body and Connor's decomposed body to the jury But um, somebody that was there was talking about it in the documentary, and they were saying how grieved and like disgusted he looked by it. How he was like gulping, trying to catch his breath, like figure like it. It was the first time they had seen honest grief from him, and people hadn't really seen that from him or what they expected it to be. The court releases audio tapes of the phone calls of Amber Fry, which is also pretty damning for the defense because it just looks bad of yeah. him telling, talking to Amber while his miss, his wife is missing, and his baby's gone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he also never admits anything in those audio recordings. Right. So it's it not necessarily bad, incriminating. Not. Yeah, it just makes you feel like whoa, I got it. Okay. Now this mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. So the defense decides to run an experiment on Scott's boat to see if they could put. Lacey's the equivalent of Lacey's body in it without the boat capsizing because it's a really small, small boat or without anyone even noticing for that matter they tried to throw a hundred pound weight with eight pound weights um tied to it like anchors and they realized that they can't do it in the size yeah. of his bow so they have it recorded of them trying they tried four times and they couldn't do it and they couldn't even continue trying to do it because it was too dangerous for the guy who's doing it trying to like do this whole experiment throw it in there and oh. it was less than what Lacey's body weighed like it would right. they show you they literally show the video of them doing it and he like it just capsizes every single time well that's only 116 pounds yeah it, it's it's not even the right amount it doesn't well, she, even, it doesn't work
1: that's a small pregnant lady if she's yeah. exactly
0: i just i don't think if he did it i don't think he did it like that yeah i don't think it makes any sense no. so then they find that Lacey's scent was found by uh, dogs on the boat ramp. They had them trace the scent. The prosecution used that as well to say, look, he did it. They traced it down to the boat ramp. Obviously, Lacey was here at the marina where she had never been. It must be because her body was empty here. The dogs, they also found later that the dogs had failed that certification test to be trained scent dogs two times. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then they also found that the evidence that they used to get Lacey's scent also had some of Scott's scent on it. It was, like, a shirt that was from their house.
1: Stupid.
0: And, it, like, he lived there. So they could have been tracing Scott's scent also.
1: Right.
0: It, so And basically, another thing with the dogs is it could just be junk science, too. Nobody is even sure about. Like, it, it can be something that corroborates a story and could be more evidence, but it's still circumstantial. Mm-hmm. It can't be the only thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
0: don't have any other physical evidence or anything. They have nothing. Um, not even him, like, really messing up on his story. Because the story stays the same. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, the only thing that changes is that thing about him telling the police about Amber Fry. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, all of this drama happens, and then um, the jurors announce, what do you think their verdict was? Do you know the end of this?
1: I don't. What would you guess? I think they say he's guilty. Why do you say that? Because um, I think there's weird discrepancies. They obviously want to pin it on somebody. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily know if I think that he did it. Mm-hmm. But I think they say he's guilty.
0: They do. The jurors um, sentence Scott Peterson to death with, I think it was second-degree murder, I don't have it written down, of his wife and his baby. His mm. unborn baby. Yep. Um, and so he's actually still on death row to this day.
1: Oh, wow. Actually, I'm
0: going to Google it right now to see. When is Scott Peterson?
1: When did this happen?
0: He's still appealing it. This was in
1: 2002. <gasps> He's still mm-hmm. on death row. Yep.
0: This was in March of 2019. They're basically they're working on appealing it right now because they're basically saying that he didn't get a fair trial, which honestly I agree with.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: here's the thing. I want to think that he didn't do it. Because- oh, and there's also – and I don't have any information on this because I'm the worst and I probably should have – but he, apparently, there was another thing that happened around the same time, and it wasn't in this documentary, but Emerson and I had just talked about it, about how, apparently at the same time in Modesto, California, another pregnant woman went missing.
1: Hmm. And it
0: was shortly after Lacey went missing. And it was, like, barely given any media attention. And that that baby and that woman's body weren't found. So another thing that they were saying was that maybe Lacey was the target of some sort of like baby kidnapping.
1: She was a very
0: pregnant woman. And the other woman that was kidnapped was also a very pregnant woman. And they were saying, what if somebody wanted a baby or needed a baby for like child trafficking or something crazy and kidnapped Lacey, something went wrong for whatever reason, maybe Connor wasn't born right or something like maybe something went wrong whenever they were trying to get her to give birth or whatever yeah. an accident something like that and then they had to get a different pregnant woman who ended up that was successful they never found that body yeah so that's the other thing um and then there's still that whole discrepancy with the whole burglary and whatever the heck was going on so all of that to say even if I don't think that he did it necessarily and even if he did do it I still don't think he got a fair trial
1: yeah I don't think so. Which is
0: a very unpopular opinion. I told my mom about this, and she was like, hey, that that's stupid. He definitely did it. Really? I was like, Mom, you're a part of the problem. You have no idea what Scott and I have
1: been through. But I don't think he's a good guy. No, I think he's a sleeper. And I mean, he might be now. Yeah, sure. There, it's, there's just not enough evidence. Mm-mm.
0: There's no physical evidence. I cannot see how
1: you would kill a pregnant woman. This is interesting. Right? I think this is the most interesting one to me so far.
0: I think this one just gets me because I want the answer so bad. It's gonna be my first question whenever I get to heaven. I think it is that is the draw. It just drives me crazy. I need a
1: deathbed confession so bad. I need to know what happened. It'll be so sad if he dies and And he never did it and he spent this what 18 his 18th Mm -hmm. year in prison. Yeah. And the fact that he's on,
0: like, let's say he didn't do it. And it's this like horrible injustice that happened somehow. That's all of his years of his entire young life. Like he was a young guy whenever he got married and he probably wanted to be a dad. And Lacy wanted to be a mom and they wanted to have this big family. And now neither of them can do those things. That's to say, if he didn't do it, if he did do it, then F him and his... Lacey could have done all these things that she doesn't get to do now. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I don't – I want to know. I don't think there's enough. I I don't – want to know. I I think – but,
0: okay, and this is a terrible, pessimistic thing, but there's a lot of men that cheat on their wives whenever they're really pregnant.
1: I know. It's yeah. Oh, it's terrible, and I
0: don't think it's right. I think it's gross. But, like, not every man that does that would kill their wives. It's a big jump. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of men that'd be willing to cheat on their wives that wouldn't kill them.
1: Right. A hundred percent. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Not saying that's awesome, but.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, if you had to choose. If you had to choose. Get cheated on or get murdered. Ew. I'd Honestly, get murdered. I'd rather get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, Not bad. That. No. I knew you would say that. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think I would. I, I don't know. I
0: just. I'd rather live. I want to know what happened. I want Lacey to come to me in a dream <sighs> and tell me what the heck happened. I swear to God that's going to be. That and Who Killed JFK are going to be the first questions I
1: ask God. What are you going to ask? Um, I would love to know the statistics of my life. You always say that. Yeah, like how many times did I laugh? Or how many times did my mom laugh in her life? She laughs a lot. But it's going to mean, that number it means nothing to me. I know, it's just so interesting. He's going to be
0: like, wow, 4.4 4 million. And I'm going to be like, whoa, that's crazy. Anyways, who killed Lacey Peterson? I'm going like, to
1: be able to like, relive those moments. I guess. I never really consider that. You always consider statistics, though. Yeah, I do. I like information. Mm. I don't know. Other than that, I'm sure I have serious questions, but I can't think of them right now. I want to know who love is. I want to know who killed Lizzie Peterson <sighs> uh, and Connor Peterson. Baby Connor. I know. Oh, baby. I know. It makes me very sad. The
0: body thing really freaks me out, too. And the fact that they make you look at that in the trial. And the fact that it's gutted. Ooh, I don't know. I also, yeah, I want to understand that about what whether or not the and title like thing Scott is junk Peterson science. If didn't do it, who did, and where are they? They just think they got away with it, and they're probably giggling watching the news coverage. Like, hey, hey, they really think this guy did it. That would be insane. Mm. and and with like flying colors too that no one else even and they even said the reporters that were in the documentary are like i knew for a fact that the police were not looking into anyone else because i would have reported on it they were not looking into anyone else but scott because
1: it's Why? usually the husband yeah I especially so. and then i mean the- what if it's one of the police
0: officers <laughs> well that would be crazy that had to have happened yeah maybe i gotta find a case on that next where the whole time it was actually the investigator right under your nose you know. Ew. Ew. Okay, what we'll time is it? Because it's late. <laughs> now we're just so tired.
1: We're just taking time. I turns, know. Fiona. justice
0: will really wipe it out of you, you know?
1: <laughs>
0: is the door locked? I'm freaking out. All right, out. everybody, let us know what you think of Scott Peterson, who you think Coyote did Peterson. it. Coyote Peterson.
1: All right, everybody, thank
0: you for tuning in. Free Scott Peterson. <laughs> Lacey, I'm so sorry.
1: Is that more Baby Con? Little baby Connell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>